0: Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is brought to you by the Chairshot ne- Radio Network on the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head.
1: The Chairshot.com, always use your head
0: and we are back at it with another round of the 70s project, that 70s project, whatever the hell project you want to call it, here, part two, drama edition, and there's already drama as we're down two members of the bandwagon this year. I think they just cut because dramas were so hard to come up with. That's my opinion. It is the OG bandwagon here of Patrick O'Dowd, the lawyer David Ungar, Mr. Saturday Night P.C. Tunny. and hell, we have a we have a little extra time now because we we have two people out of the list. How 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 are you guys doing, Tunny? I'm gonna start with you. How was Saturday Night Live? I I know it premiered last night. Give us an update because I got it recorded. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, oh, he took notes. He was he was hoping I would ask him.
2: And you're
3: muted. Yeah, of course he forgot to unmute himself, but that's okay.
2: I'm seeing some last-second messages being sent to me by members of said show that I need to adjust uh, some things on the fly. Maybe I could do that after a quick commercial, during a quick commercial break. But until then, um, uh, yeah, SNL, I I was hoping you would ask. Aubrey Plaza hosted Sam Smith was the uh, guest musical appearance. A couple of good songs from Sam Smith. He did Unholy and Gloria. And uh, if you're wondering whether or not Kim Petras came there to do Unholy with him, she did. Sharon Stone also showed up on the show while Sam Smith sung Gloria and in a skit at the end of the show. Aubrey Plaza was excellent. She reprised herself. Her job, she was actually a page uh, for NBC right there. So she did the opening monologue, giving an old page to her, which was hilarious. Amy Poehler came back to which Aubrey Plaza and Amy Poehler played their characters uh, April Ludgate and Leslie Nope on Weekend Update, where Amy Poehler actually sat down and told a joke for old time's sake, which was excellent. Uh, a lot of good skits, a lot of fun ones. One was a um, one was the couples were playing here. This is the best one, I think, in my opinion. The couples were playing Taboo, where you can't say certain words and try to get the other person to guess a word, right? So it's the new neighbors are over for game night. And first the host couple goes first and it's like a normal couples game. And then Aubrey Plaza. And I think it was Mikey day was her, her husband or whatever. It's their turn. And they're telling you way, way too many things you want to know about. Like he's like, this word is you, you have a million of these in your closet. And she says shoes. And he's like, Nope. And then she says outfits and he says, Nope. And then she says guns. And he says, Yep. Stuff like that. So, uh, I'll leave you with this. My favorite joke from the show. um, Michael Che on Weekend Update, a 118-year-old nun passed away, believed to be the oldest living person on the world in on the planet at the time. Uh, cause of death, Answered Prayer. So go check it out if you didn't see it. Next week, Michael B. Jordan and Lil Baby, a lot of good skits. Um, if you're going to check out any of the good skits, if you watch White Lotus, there's a Black Lotus skit. The Miss Universe skit is excellent. And, yeah they had an avatar skit that sucked just so you know, I'm not totally biased.
0: There you go. And I, uh, glad you spoiled the whole thing before I watched it. So now I know what to skip and know what to watch. So I look forward to that as well. Dave, I feel like I just talked to you on a podcast.
3: Uh, yeah, it seems, it seems like we just had a conversation about a uh, hockey or something.
0: Yeah. We talked hockey and maybe did a little hockey talk. So, um, I'm sure we're amazing. We'll, you'll all hear that tomorrow when you listen to Hockey Talk as this drops on Monday and Hockey Talk drops on Tuesday. But, yes, that's right, kids. We podcasters record our shows in advance of them dropping, just like every other podcaster on the planet. We're not live radio. Yeah, so here we are, guys. Week two of That 70s Project. It's dramas this week. We're I'm stalling for six more seconds to get us past the five-minute mark. But then we'll we'll go into our first commercial break and, and and talk about how damn hard it was to pick out dramas. I guess like I, I think that I think that'll be the start of this. But um, that's that's what we got in front of us. I'm a little sad with no Aesop and no Ray, um, whatevs. I, I guess uh, is what we'll say there. There'll be less um, drama we, without we, them. That's for sure. There is less drama. There's there's gonna be no. I feel like I'm going to be less irritated this episode. I don't
2: know. Is that, what do you mean you don't know? It depends, how, you do the game, it depends how many nothing.
3: board games I put on the list, honey. That's,
2: that's uh, uh. something like that. Something like that. Uh,
1: Somebody's got to be
2: Ray. Somebody's got to be Ray today. You'll just you'll know when you get there, Patrick.
0: All right. Well, when we get there, we'll be after this commercial break. We come back, we will start going through that 70s project numbers ten through six. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com.
2: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything
1: progressing. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShop.com.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to That 70s Project. We are in week two, and we are talking all things drama this week. So I had this – okay. I'm I'm going to let it all out here. So, here's why I'm going to mercilessly mock the violent gentleman and Ray. They fucked up all my plans, guys. I had this all worked out. Last week, we randomized the draft order. There were five weeks, and basically, front of the line goes to the back of the line for draft order. Which would mean that I would go to the back of the line, and Mr. Ray Cash would go to the front line and kick it up kick it off and we would go through this order. Well now I gotta take two elements out. So the draft order rule, we're still gonna stick with it. Uh except now Tunny, because of nature of absence absences, will now go first, followed by Dave and then me. That's the draft order for today uh, while we talk dramas. And I I guess we'll start with the the draft the 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 uh the drama selecting process. And how this was hard after, after I got, I got through, like I got to like eight and it was like, like, like I had like eight that I was like, I'm solid on these. And then I was like, shit, what else is there? And then I realized that the sources I was working from didn't have a couple of the dramas I was thinking of. So that helped me out. But this was harder than I thought. There was one show I put on there that I took off. Cause it's going to end up in my action category. Um, I made a joke. How many medical dramas can you have in, in a list? I, I have two. I, I whittled it down to two.
3: I got rid of all mine. Oh. I was just like, no. Nah. You got
0: rid of all your medical dramas. I did.
3: I I, I did. I I, really? found, I found I I you know like the way I kind of did it is I just kind of put everything that I'm going to put on these lists. I kind of listed them all out, and I really took a look at. Okay, how many are going to be here? How many are going to be here? What's a potential crossover? And I kind of approached it that way. And by the time I was done with that, I was like, eh, I don't want any. I, you know, I don't, I don't feel any of these medical dramas. They weren't like and for me. I, I it's like for the for this stuff is like I was trying to remember like what these shows make me feel like when I was a kid, and they all elicited right. some sort of reaction. And I, I, these are the ones that that I remember better. Than the other ones and the medical ones were like, they were okay, but they didn't resonate with me. Like, like all the shows I'm going to talk about today did. So I just, and I knew, I knew from listening to you that you were going to have some on there. So I'm like, ah, eh, I'll let Pat deal with it. You know, I'll, I'll go in a different direction.
0: I have three. Sorry. I have, I have three. At the end That's of the okay. Day. One of, one of those kind of a mix. Um, Tony, what about you? How'd you, how'd, how'd you make this list? Cause I know you said this was tough in the chat, uh, in the DM chat.
2: Well, I like the fact that I got all the music for this today, so I hope that's a cool new element that we can have with it. And I want to, pre- and I bring that up only to say that I didn't look at anybody else's list until I was done making mine. Um, so just to have no influence over it. I, I use the same formula, you know. This is kind of like a broken record for me here, but at the same time, here I wasn't very familiar with a lot of the content. Like I, I was familiar with it, but like I hadn't watched more than minutes of some of these things than some of my had to put on my list. So I really went by ratings. Um, and, and other sorts of, of popularity statistics that you can come across, but in finding things and making sure I know what I'm going to use, like, yeah, I had a lot of mental notes where I'm going to save this for action just because I'm gonna, you know, like this one is a comedy or is a family show that could have been in here as well. Right. There's a lot of those crossovers drama goes into a lot of different things. Um, so it's it, there's going to be a lot of probably double ups next week or or whatever things of that nature it's possible but we'll see what happens i um man i'll tell you what right now the imbd list of of 70s tv shows is 342 deep it's not hard to run down it and go this is a potential candidate for a drama right. in top 10 and by the time i was done i had I was well into the teens and, and, and into the twenties by just going through top lists as well. So I don't think it's that hard to vet it out and, and kind of do your due diligence. Golden Globes is another good one as well. So awards sure. ratings and uh, get the encyclopedia. Look.
3: And the one thing the seventies is I, strong on, I don't, sorry, Pat didn't mean to cut you off is, um, did
0: you though? Well,
3: you? maybe I did, Pretty but hard? no, um, no shortage of iconic theme songs in music. So, I mean, that oh, aspect yeah. of the seventies is, immensely I think
2: it's gonna get I think it'll get better as we go on but there's some pretty good ones today and then there's a lot of stuff that sounds almost the fucking same as like oh that's a 70s thing yeah okay
0: yeah I um when I do these lists I always try to watch I always try to start with shows I've actually watched first like and regularly and I will say that part of the reason that there are three medical dramas on my shows because uh on my list is because my mom watched these things in reruns forever and ever. Like my number two on my list, without what like that was my mom's jam for the longest time. So I, I also have, procedurals. I put in drama a lot, of, a lot of police procedural shows fell in there as well. So yeah, I guess that'll that'll do it. Now, so here's something. Yeah, you heard Tony mention it. We we did. Add a theme song element to this. Tony has actually seen everybody's lists already. And so he knows before I know or Dave knows when somebody matches and we can proceed. And so Tony gets all of the spoilers now so that he could pull music uh, for these shows. Now, he's keeping tight-lipped uh, on the reveals, but he'll also be able to stop us before we get ahead of ourselves uh, with with this list. And he has the privilege of starting.
2: Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I'll 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 just kick it off then. But I was going to say for you guys, if 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 you just look at me when you're saying my number fill in the blank with a number, my number nine is by the time you have that out, I'll give you the thumbs up or down. You'll know whether or not to go ahead and give a nice soliloquy or, or wait. It's like, <laughs> it's like so gladiator so here. It, so is thumbs, <laughs> th- thumbs
0: up the soliloquy? Go, go ahead. us go.
2: Yes. Otherwise, you. just go. You know, Thumb- keep it keep it keep a tight lift and it's not your job to introduce gotcha. that one <laughs> before before you kick off just want to remind everybody of the
0: rules we do this rotisserie style so it'll go tunny dave me then me dave tunny uh if as tunny noted one of us has a selection higher on a list of than the person that is dropping it off then we pause and we hit it at its highest point on somebody's list uh and then finally these are our lists so if some drama from the '70s really means a lot to you, and it's not on here. Tough. This is our list. And with that, Mister Tunney, the floor is yours.
2: Oh, I'm ready. Here we go. Second uh, uh part of, of five. What a what a great project. Another great project. Um, my number ten is higher up on somebody else's list, and that's Marcus Welby, MD.
0: So that moves it to Dave then.
2: Uh, my oh, never mind.
0: Dave's next election
2: is. You can, this is how you can the say, show always starts. You can say what it is if you want. You just don't need oh, to go into like, you. oh, it's mine because of blah blah blah. My
3: number ten is, and Pat, I actually had a medical thing on uh, a number ten, and then I texted Tunny, like, I was like, literally in the shower this morning, and I'm like, hey, oh, wait, wait a you second, changed it. I no, no, change. you
2: changed it that's right okay yes that's the, the never mind i'm sorry uh, this is the late edition it'll go a lot smoother from here but yes that's right i, I forgot to write it down but yes i got the music for you go ahead oh, wait wait a minute i, pull, I wait a minute wait, wait 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 i pulled the wrong music i'm sorry i have the right music i hit the the, the computer didn't know <laughs>
3: Different Hardy Boys, yes. Not Jeff and Matt, the other the other guys, and and Nancy Drew joined in for for good measure. Yeah, when when I was a kid, wasn't this Parker Stevenson? He was one of the Hardy Boys, if I remember correctly. Um, this was this was one of these like mystery shows that was like wedged in between a bunch of other great stuff on ABC, but it was always a fun show. And and then they kind of brought in Nancy Drew later on to. You know the two brothers who are like the, these teen detectives, and the Nancy Drews, the young sleuth out there, and they're always solving mysteries. It was like it was like a live action Scooby Doo without the cool dog, that sort of thing. But it was always it was always a really fun show. They always solved really cool mysteries. There was always like this, and and it's the '70s, so there's not a lot of dark elements about things i mean we'll talk about some of these shows later on but uh but this one had a little bit of a twinge of darkness to it there was always some cool mystery that you weren't sure is this supernatural or not um so yeah the hardy boys and the nancy drew mysteries are are and and yes that is not two shows pat that was one show the official title i know i i didn't want you think i was breaking rules or anything like that but i
0: know the fucking show okay it's not like you named a board
2: game
3: it probably was made into a board game, but anyway, no. Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries are my number 10.
2: I've definitely heard of this. I haven't, I don't think I've maybe caught, like, a There's a, a
3: bunch. There, remember, there's a shit ton the book, of books. The lots books of books. come
2: to mind. Yeah. Totally. Like, growing up in grade school and things you would read and for book reports and things of that nature, and to be honest with you, like, I would go to those because they were well-written, like, as, as a kid, at, you know, uh, um... Preteen teen and teen there were things you could kind of like get through easier than than other more serious stories so they were fun. well written the books yeah well written Lots and fun, fun from what i remember yeah especially when you're a kid
0: i mean there's a what is it there there's an argument that you could have done the hardy boys nancy Drew mysteries as a family program absolutely uh, to be honest because absolutely because they were very harmless they're always tar- Like they're, they're teens so there's, there's some meshing there. There's a absolutely. lot of, a
3: lot of these could um, go you, either way. I think. Would you, well, agree
0: like, yeah,
2: de- would you agree though, that drama overall is the one that's going to draw into almost every other category more than any other.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think so. Cause you know, it can be funny. It can be serious. There can be action. There's, there's a lot that can happen there. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Um, all right, so that brings me to my number 10, and it is higher on other people's lists, so we will move to my number 9, which Tunny mentioned was higher on a list, but it was because it was on my list, so take it away, Tunny. Serious,
2: like, <laughs> heavy, Go ahead, Patrick. You said uh, yes, that's right. Right.
0: Marcus Wonderful.
2: Welby, MD. No, that's the other one we're getting to. Go ahead. This is your mom's B uh, medical show, wasn't and it?
0: This is this is my mom's C medical show. Oh, okay, is, my bad. Like, like, there's three. <laughs> there's three on this this program. So, Marcus Welby, I MD. That. I love that. Uh. Starring uh, young James Brolin and uh, Robert Young as the titular Marcus Welby. And he plays a family practice doctor who is known with this, like, friendly, kind, bedside manner. Doesn't always follow things by the book. He's kind of unorthodox in the way that he'll treat patients. uh, And it uh, butts heads with the uh, James Brolin character Stephen Kylie who is a younger doctor who is actually the one who sort of is the by the book guy and it, you know they they made seven seasons of the two of them butting heads over treating patients and family practice so great stuff and like every medical drama it's a mystery ailment of the week that then they have to figure out uh, and, and figure out how to save people's lives um, No, just a classic, nothing particularly unusual, but a precursor of medical dramas to come.
2: I I had to put this on my list. I had it number 10. Really had maybe barely remember hearing about it before doing this research today, but in taking into account ratings, it was like the number one TV show in 1970. and 71, it was three, I think, and then 72, it was like 12. So it had three years where it was one of the top 10-ish Programs in the country, so that definitely deserves to be on on a list. When you think about that, many people are watching, um, and and of course, like the ultimate caveat to being here on the top ten is it's Patrick O'Dowd's mother's third favorite medical drama. I mean, right? Come how, on,
0: how can we turn that down?
3: Got to respect mom. I mean, come on.
0: Absolutely. We also need to respect Tony and his next choice, his number nine.
2: Or is it Dave? It's me. I'm in the middle. It is Dave. Drink. Drink. I can't drink as much today. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> so I got the thumbs up to go on my number nine.
2: Uh, no, you don't. Okay. I was just, yeah. You could say what it is if you want. I want, want to, you because,
3: because, that's the one of the most iconic themes of the seventies. Period. Okay. So I'm, I want to wait All on right. that
2: one. Like, I, I respect that. I respect that. Okay. So now it's to me then, and uh, yeah, nobody else has this. It's Vegas. The TV show.
3: Wow. I <laughs> forgot about that. Robert, yes. Robert Urich, isn't that Robert Urich? Isn't it? Is not he in this one? You got
2: it. Yes. And then they reprised it again. Like in 2010, it came back. So all the fun of, you know, crime, lust, and gluttony right there on the Vegas strip set in a crime kind of drama kind of way and a young Young, handsome, sexy Robert Urich, right there. Also, way up in the ratings as well. So, just a different kind of show. No, they'd never really done that kind of TV show about Vegas before. So, uh, just not not necessarily one of the best quality shows you'll see in the '70s as far as dramas go, but definitely had its place in my mind.
3: Absolutely. Did you guys notice in doing the research how many of these shows we're talking about today have been remade? Like in the oh yeah, it's ridiculous how many of them
2: have been remade. That's one of the funnest well, things to go back and see, honestly, as you get older, is like, man, yeah, I'm cool. that's cool. I'm glad you copied that a little bit. And then other things, it's like, man, just come up with a different idea.
0: Well, well, here's the thing. is This shit's starting to make me feel old because of shows not from the 70s, but from late. Like, fucking Night Court's got a remake now um, that apparently well, guys, hit big on ratings.
2: None of them is more prevalent than the one we basically named this project after. And, you know. That,
0: that 70s show, yeah.
2: Yeah, and now that 90s show. I mean, like they're now making they're making remakes of 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 sitcoms about our actual youth now, Patrick. Um I know it hurts my feelings. I'm sure, I'm sure dave has been experiencing this for a good 10-12 years. Uh yeah, exactly.
0: All right, well, I'm getting depressed. So tell us what your number 8
2: is. It's it's short Hollywood fucking step your game up, damn it. Um yes, it's on me. My number 8 is drama the
3: suspense the drama is killing us
0: where did it go oh best laid plans
2: it's a television mini series from the late 70s Peter Strauss and Nick Nolte rich man poor Uh, man
3: yeah that's an interesting one Peter
0: Strauss and Nick Nolte
2: that's Uh, right that's right I mean, it, it's probably the highest-rated miniseries in the '70s. Um, it's about a family that is poor, and one of the brothers comes up and starts his own company and everything, and and uh, makes a lot of money. And the Nick Nolte character plays that kind of street-smart guy who turns to fighting for a living. And um, yeah, that's what I got from that.
0: Well, all right,
2: a
3: solid show, from what I remember.
2: I mean, great, uh, great cast
3: yeah yeah I, I remember yeah that was on for quite a while good stuff Tony. good call my number eight, eight. i i really okay uh
2: <laughs> i didn't oh, wait. yeah you're the only yeah patrick had it number 10 so you're a go okay.
3: so yeah mine uh, you got any music or are we just going
1: oh yeah
2: okay no good look at that
0: You're running over the hill, Dave. Through the fire.
3: I'm gonna fall Run down the, the hill. I'm gonna to fall Michael down landed. the fucking hill and bust my head fall down open. Down the it. hill,
0: to Michael landed. Run to Michael, landed, Dave. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, this... Dave gets stricken blind. Dave, you can't. Oh sleep. my God! I, I have
2: a new show idea. I have a new show idea. Instead of Mystery Science Theater 3000, we're gonna do Patrick O'Dowd narrates Old Little House uh, on the Prairie. Yes. He he narrates old TV themes. I would love it. (laughs) Their video.
3: I would love that. But but I mean this this little house on the prairie was one of these like the seventies were so big on trying to kind of like teach life lessons to Americana. And this was one of one of these shows that was right there. And yeah, Michael Landon was so beloved. And and I mean, talk about somebody dying very young. I, I remember when he passed away, it kind of brought I mean, not that it wasn't at the forefront anyway, but it kind of thrust cancer into like the mainstream because he was what was he like forty five or fifty or something like that? Pat, he was a young. Well,
2: he was, yeah, he, was re- he was relatively doing, young.
0: He was. Was he
2: doing still doing Highway to Heaven?
3: Uh, I think he died right when he was doing Highway to Heaven or, or one of the last seasons. But uh, right. Melissa, a young, you know, very young Melissa Gilbert in this show, and and I mean, it was just yep. um, it was just one of those shows that. It wasn't my favorite, but yeah, it taught you a lot of valuable life lessons there. Is, uh, as far as dramas on this list, this is the most dramatic because it's just this family making their way through the prairie and, and the, you know, the old West and, you know, no Marty McFly, no Doc Brown or anything like that. But it was, uh, it was just a good, wholesome, I mean, there's a lot of those shows like that that we're going to talk about. Good, wholesome show that was, that was really important for, you know, kids to watch and just teaching people about the world and stuff that's going on in it so yeah it it, i i acknowledge it was never one of my favorites but i acknowledge its place in this list for sure
0: well yeah i you couldn't escape little house on the prairie man like that show like it it was you want to talk about something that lived on in syndication forever too like Uh, tbs i think it was tbs used to air that thing all the time as well which is really where i saw it was in syndication afterwards And of course, everybody likes to joke about the episode where uh, I can't remember which one of the daughters is stricken blind. And then like that's like a whole it was like this big dramatic thing, like that she was stricken blind from like an illness or something. So huge deal. And Michael Landon was like everybody's dead in the 1870s because nothing speaks to a 1970s audience like an 1870s audience. All right. We move um, we move into my number eight. And I'm waiting to see if Tony has given the go-ahead on this one. The thumb is up. The music can play.
1: Mm. All right, kids. Let me tell
0: you about a little white savior television show that took place from 1978 to 1981. About a man by the name of Ken Reeves, the White Shadow. That's right, everybody, the White Shadow. Ken Reeves, former Chicago Bulls basketball player who has forced into retirement due to a knee injury and takes over coaching at a fictional high school called Carver High School. It is a inner-city, largely black and Hispanic school and the white shadow comes in, and with his tough love, he teaches life lef- lessons to this young basketball team, both on the court and in life. And here's the thing. So, again, I, I make jokes about, like, White Savior and, and that sort of thing. Like, why dude you come in to help fix the, the school of color? But this was a show that really tackled some heavy shit uh, for its three. I mean, we're talking stuff like they, they dealt with child abuse, stds gambling prostitution sexual orientation you name it they did it physical mental disabilities and the thing that was really interesting about this show um not only was it that like there's that you know that culture clash sort of thing that's going on and there's a use of humor but there are a lot of episodes where the problem is not fixed like it'd be a one-hour show and and Maybe things are a little bit better, but the problem's not completely solved. And, and so it would, you know, a lot of people would credit credit it as a show that then opened the door for, you know, dramas like Hill Street Blues, My So-Called Life, and stuff like that. Executive producer Bruce Paltrow, who also went on to do another medical drama in the 80s, St. Elsewhere. So, yeah, just a, a show unlike any other shows at the time in the late 70s, uh, White Shadow, that was
2: my number eight. It's one of the shows that I've actually heard of and seen actually a couple episodes just because I think of like the basketball element when you're growing up. And I love basketball and played basketball. So like things that not, don't necessarily are too old for you to like enjoy. I, I think I just the 70s really didn't click with me except for comedy. But I, we'll get there way down the road. But yeah, definitely something I know of and have heard of.
3: He was like the white yeah, Coach absolutely. Carter, wasn't he? I mean, that was basically basically, like, basically, basically. the white kind Coach of.
2: Carter. So, all right,
0: that brings it back to me for my number seven. <laughs> drama number two, baby. Emergency.
3: Dave nodding. I pulled the one I pulled off my list, yes.
0: So here, here's the thing about Emergency. First of all, I love the audience reviews. Like, I fucking hate this show. So the Emergency was like, it was a medical drama, but it was following a fire department and paramedics that were always rushing to, like, save someone's job. So it was like, all, or save someone's life, not someone's job. Somebody was dying, you know. Uh, and that was the whole crux of the show. It's like, they were always, it was always just some big medical emergency that paramedics and the fire department were responding to it. and so there was some bonker stuff like people climbing on power power uh power towers like uh with the electrical wires and stuff jumping on trains and shit it was crazy um uh, and, and it was always like can the paramedics save you know get the get the person to rampart hospital on time to to save lives uh and so that you know, again thanks thanks Ambulance chasing—that's that's what we did. Emergency, boom!
2: Medical drama number two. I remember the show from the theme. I remember watching the show here I and there. So, it was bad, though.
0: <laughs> Stop, <laughs> it. Stop it! I will have no blaspheming. I
2: Emergency. watch a lot of bad TV shows too, so I'm not judging. I'm just giving my opinion, man.
0: Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Dave.
3: My number seven, Tunny, Green Light. Yeah. All
1: right,
3: so I recognize this could be action, but for me Charlie's Angels was always always more drama than action I mean, there's action elements to be sure but i always thought it was more drama-esque um the thing about the show is is you know it it's good but it's nothing that stands out except the girls and boy in the 1970s yeah, i'll tell you
1: what stands out <laughs> <laughs>
3: um farrah fawcett and i mean wow she was an icon and i know she was only there for like once, and I always felt bad for Cheryl Ladd to try and come in and, and take Farrah Fawcett's place. And then Shelly Hack had the same problem. Tanya Roberts kind of came. So you had some of the most beautiful women in history on this show. Jacqueline Smith. I mean, come on. Um, you know, and, and, and I always remember that just trying to replace Farrah Fawcett was a, a losing proposition. But the thing that was uh, we always look when I in the 70s and when we were watching the show and it was always on like, you know, and you always saw it was. Who's Charlie? And you didn't know at the time, John Forsythe. You now, okay, yeah, everybody recognizes his voice. At the time, no one knew who the hell this guy really was, except he had this this iconic, this distinguished voice. You only only ever saw the back of his head. So you like, who is Charlie and all that stuff. So, the girls were great. They always got these great adventures, and 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 there was definitely action elements to it, but it was kind of a, you know mystery revolved around crime fighting, and and they mixed all these elements together really really well and so yeah i I had charlie's angels as my number seven
2: this might be one of the most popular television shows of the entire decade oh, right yeah. just overall oh, this, yeah. you, you know if you think you talk about iconic you take away your opinion on it but iconic 70s television shows charlie's angels makes a top 10 list of an amalgamation of everything just because of what it means even though it didn't make um anybody else's list for drama here i think it might on the action side, it just it kind of has both of those things.
3: Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying. I don't think, Pat. I think you'd agree. We're not trying to be sexist or chauvinistic, but you can't take away the Angels and what they and in that time frame were like. Holy crap! Wow, these girls are are fantastic. But um,
0: well, yeah, it was a, it was a show unlike anything that that was really on television. You know, three women who were running around kicking ass like that was not something you saw and. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about this with a couple of other shows that will pop up in the action list of just women in roles that were we were not accustomed to as an audience. So, yeah, it's, it's funny because this is definitely one that you could probably argue for. Um, you could even on some level argue for a little bit of comedy, too, because there's some humor involved in that show as well. And when it got turned into movies, they leaned into the funny side of it. As much as they leaned into the action side of it. So it's all there um, for you know for the taking. So good choice. Thank you, Sonny.
2: Uh my number seven to round out the sevens, the lucky number sevens, if you will.
1: So great on you. Your favorite? We lost it.
2: There's another one I had up, but I must have switched over to this one. But its I love how the message is different all the time. Huh, I'm going to sue you, you big stupid jerk. <laughs> Jim, I think you my child's dad. I don't remember
3: that message, Tony, but okay.
2: No, uh, what a iconic show. I mean, you could put this definitely under the action as well. I don't know if it goes in many other categories, but James Gardner is, is excellent in it. He's supposed to be this modern detective in 1970s, right? He does it. He's like not so straight laced as you would have found maybe in the fifties and early sixties. But, uh, you know, he goes out and expenses $200 uh, phone calls and, and and buys fancy clothes and dinners and just a kind of a different take on a detective in the mid-70s. And obviously, James Gardner, a huge, huge star.
0: So, kids, because Tony didn't tell you the name of the show, it's the
2: Rockford Files. Rockford flies. I mean, Files. Flies? Rockford flies. Rockford no, that's flies. not the show. That was shout out to DP. That's what he calls it. Nice. But,
0: uh, yeah, there you go for your number seven excellent choice i forgot about the rockford files obviously. i thought about it uh, and opted
3: against there. it but yeah that's a good call tony
2: thank you thank you thank you
0: now you can All tell right. us your number six bro
2: oh man number six for me i had to put this in here i put it at the top half of the bottom half of the list which means it could be number one if you think about its significance to the decade mm-hmm. As the World Turns, and let me tell you why. I want to tell you why. And after I give you this statistic, this is why. As the World Turns was the number one rated daytime soap opera on American television from 1970 to 1978. It was 90% number one in the decade, legitimately, as far as viewing goes. I think that definitely means... It should be on a top 10 list of TV shows and dramas considering what a soap opera brings is drama from the 1970s.
3: See, like last week when I did the thing with soap operas, this was not a show my grandmother watched. So I had never related to it. It was, it was all my children, one life to live general, the ABC stuff. But yeah, there was what, uh, days of our lives, which has one of the most iconic openings ever. And then you had As the world turns. So I, I can't complain about it, Tony. You, you raise, you've you got it backed up with statistical data, so how am I going to argue against you other than personal bias preference?
0: It's it's so interesting to, to hear about the, the soap loyalties we have on this show, because I was a CBS soaps guy myself.
2: Uh, Listen, The Young before, and the Restless uh, started in 73. Um, Guiding nope. Light, I think was the one that broke yep. the streak. Days was going strong, but for me, days will make it on a different decade when it has more significance to me. Mainly uh, days, points. days,
0: days will never make it, even though I remember all it will, the stories about it. like, no, no, I, no, I get while well they will make it for your list because I remember the storyline that drove everybody nuts with days, when days of our lives really got crazy, Uh just crazy. It was, it was news. Um, are, you, I mean, oh,
2: are you talking about when uh,
0: Arlena uh, when, gets possessed?
2: Yes, that was excellent. That was also the time around the whole Sammy and Lucas thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, they you had did the General Hospital storyline, Dave.
0: They had a bad guy named Stefano. Like, how could you go wrong? Well, and Victor, like, and Victor. And well, Victor was young and restless as well.
3: Spinoff of like Days of Our Lives and Young and Restless was a Days
2: spinoff, maybe. I don't remember. But anyway, we are going too far down this. to bring it all back? As Stop the world it. turns, went from fifty six to twenty ten. Yeah. Um, At, number one, there, there's very so, few soaps seven. left out there.
0: Young and the Restless is still going. Days, and the Bold and the Beautiful is still going on CBS. Oh. I know that. Is Days still going?
2: Days is still going.
0: What
3: about is All I My Children, go. One Life to Live, General Hospital? I think they're all gone. Uh,
2: some, some of them. So are I, right? no, None of them are so done. Gone. I think it's um I think it's Guiding Light actually.
0: Is all this left?
2: That's well, the, the whole with, CBS block. Yeah. Plus, well while well, the ones on NBC, so.
0: Cool. All right. So, Dave, where do you're number six, bro?
3: Long before, long long before he was protecting the air in space balls, Dick Van Patten was like everybody's (laughs) fucking dad. Well, that's you know, fucking funny isn't it i mean it's true but dick van patten was like next to next to mike brady i i think and 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 mr c you know dick van patten was right up there as far as like kids in the 70s he was dad and eight is enough was one of those shows. and shout out to adam rich rest in peace we recently lost adam rich he just passed away like a week and a half ago or something like that it was kind of brought this to my forefront but yeah this was one of these shows where you know i, I mean I don't know. The seventies were all about these big, huge families, man. And, and eight is enough. You got eight, you got all these kids in there. And, and, and another one of these shows teaching life lessons with these kids going through all sorts of, and the kids were, had these, it was brilliant because you had all the different age ranges. So you could tell stories revolving around a kid in a certain age that Dick Van Patten was having to kind of solve. So yeah, this was, um this was one of those really iconic shows that I remember very well from the seventies and, and Dick Van Patten when he was the man, you know,
2: this, this almost made my list. I, it might make my family list. Um, it
3: could be there. Well, as easily as well.
2: It reminded me of something like a less sophisticated, like uh parenthood, like NBC does modern version, right? Like they didn't, they weren't far enough along to kind of do it that cleanly, you know, cause it's kind of clunky. I've seen episodes of this, but it's still good. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of a precursor to yeah. to a more polished product down the road.
3: Yeah, it wasn't as smooth as uh, some of the other shows in some places, but yeah, it's a uh, when you're looking at family dramas. Yeah, I think this you could c- create your own t- category. Family drama. This is right in that wheelhouse. Sure.
0: That brings it to me and my number six. Yeah, that's right going to san francisco boys going on the streets streets of san francisco my boys carl malden and michael douglas two homicide detectives malden playing the grizzled veteran michael douglas in his 20s at the time before he'd hit superstardom as a young out-of-college detective and his partner, <laughs> Lieutenant Michael Stone, twenty years of police police experience, now signed to homicide with a young inspector, Assistant Inspector Steve Keller. This show went for five seasons. Uh, was it, it's it's a it was one of the many crime procedurals that existed uh, in the seventies as a drama, and the dynamic between the two. This show launched Michael Douglas into a superstar. Like, and he was already going to have a leg up because of his dad, but this was one of the shows that really exposed America to him. uh, Before he left the show um, for producing um, a little film called one flew over the cuckoos next, where he won an Oscar. Oops. Uh, And that's and that's really what he uh, started his career into, into film. And so, yeah, there's I, there's nothing particularly unique about this show other than it was a crime drama, old man, father figure sort of uh, role by Malden, um, who looks after the younger Keller and teaches him the ins and outs of detective work and shows him the harsh realities of the streets of San Francisco. Good stuff.
3: For the kids at home, Pat, could you give the title of this show?
0: I said it, The Streets of San Francisco. I said it like oh, that's, four times. That's the title. Okay. The Streets of San Francisco is the name of the show.
2: Yep, that's
3: the. Dave, you don't.
0: You don't yeah, remember like the streets. Of I don't. I one?
3: don't remember this show. No, but thank you.
0: Really, Dave you Michael Douglas, dude. Yeah, that's how we're gonna go to commercial. Hank Pym. We're gonna oh. go to commercial with the man wow. who grew up in the '70s, not knowing about the streets of San Francisco. Remember this one? God, you, 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 you,
3: you, I am ashamed.
0: Criminal. All right, well, we're gonna take our commercial break because Dave dropped the ball. In fact, here, Dave, just just for that, you can boot. whatever audience we got to forgive him we got to forgive him and you know what i'm senile we're gonna you are a little senile and here's what we're gonna do is we're going to we're gonna help you recover your memory by letting you take a quick commercial break now we got some recorded commercials for y'all but before we do that we are going to remind you that if you love bandwagon nerds if you love what we do on the chair shot radio network if you want to yell at dave And make him, you know, have him continue to be yelled at by us for not knowing about the streets of San Francisco. Then head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and support the movement by investing in us and a chair shot shirt. We have all kinds of designs to choose from. There's even one for the Bandwagon Nerds program where you can directly fund me making fun of Dave not knowing about the streets of San Francisco. Yep, that's what you're doing with your hard-earned money. Fund, sure, my, reason- fund my
3: Alzheimer's treatment, Pat, please.
0: Fund Dave's Alzheimer's treatment. Fund my Disney addiction. Fund my, like all of it, fund us. Because we love giving you quality content over the internet airwaves every day of the week. And we can only do that with your support. So again, invest in us. We greatly appreciate it head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Shirts are only 20 bucks, but if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, spend a few dollars more, get it soft style, your body will thank you, I promise you. All right, when we come back, we will round out our top five drama television programs of the 1970s. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on The Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of the TheChairShot.com.
4: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
2: Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net.
0: All right, everyone, welcome back. Dave, I'm facing a conundrum. I know he can still hear us, but I can't get the go-ahead on my show because the man in the chair isn't in his chair and we're supposed to go to my number five paging pc tunny
2: i'm here Power 54 a, where you are you Keep going. you're good well, i don't have the thumb where's the thumb oh you oh i thought you were gonna jibber jabber a little bit when you got back but you're a man of no, no, business no, I, you want this you is, want action this is Jackson. I
0: want action i want action right kids. it's not homicide the wrestler coming it's one raymond burr in a wheelchair ironside crime drama procedural number two so my this is this is another uh mama o'dowd special because mama o'dowd was a big fan of raymond burr he was a big she was a big fan of perry mason and he came out with this show this show actually debuted in 1967 but win eight seasons and so follows our 1970s rule for being five years in the eight years of television about Robert T. Ironside, usually a jet addressed by the title Chief Ironside. And guess where he was? He was a consultant for the San Francisco Police Department. Paralyzed from the waist down after being shot while on vacation, he debuted in a tv movie of the same title and it was just it was broadcast for for eight years and it it was just it was another procedural show he shows his strength of character he gets himself appointed a peculiar and unprecedented job as special department consultant and you know it's basically he just he solves crimes mysteries whodunits over and over and over again, overcoming his disability, and he was very dependent on his brains and his initiative in solving cases, uh, and really in sort of breaking things down. Terrific, terrific show. Still, I think you still catch it on like TV Land or something. Uh, it's out there. Ironside. It would. Um. It would later get. You know, you know. We talked about shows that get revivals. This one was one that definitely got a revival. Uh, it showed up in twenty twenty thirteen as well. Um, they tried to bring it back. It only lasted a season. Um, it was on NBC and great, great stuff. Love me some Raymond Burr as an out- Ironside.
3: Yeah, I, I remember this show as well. This is a good one. Good call. I didn't even think about this one either, Pat. I anything I, obviously thank, anything. Thank Mama, I live in California. I live in California, and obviously anything involving San Francisco was just whoosh, over my head. So. Shit. I guess
0: so Wow So, well I'll forgive you And I'll Thank forgive you. you by letting you tell us you're number five Or not No, so you won't
2: So That's on you. me then My number five is
1: Don't go to bed with no price on your head
2: <laughs> it's Beretta. Uh, it's just it's it, The show didn't last. I think it was only four seasons. I think the most iconic thing about it is Sammy Davis Jr. is doing the theme there for it, starring Robert Blake. Um, pretty infamous for a couple of things, doing a lot of disguises, uh, detective work. Um, oh, and well, we could. We don't need to get to like what he's infamous for in real life. Um, yeah, and then awesome. uh, having the unlit cigarette. Um, in his ear or whatever, so uh, but a very iconic seventies uh, ABC detective drama, if you will.
3: Yeah, I Pat, you got anything? I mean, I I remember this show, but
0: I I, I never watched Beretta. I've heard of Beretta. I cannot comment on Beretta. It wasn't uh,
3: the highest ranking crime sort of drama thing for me, but yeah, it's it was a good show.
2: So
0: I guess there we just go. crapped all over Beretta for a Tony.
2: Yep. Fuck you, but, Robert fuck Blake. You shouldn't have fucking yeah, yeah done that shit in that oh, parking oh, no, no. lot. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh yeah, so that brings it to my number four, if if I'm uh counting correctly here. And Dave, you you wanted this one to just be introduced by its theme. that one of the most iconic crime shows in the history of television easily one of the most iconic theme songs in the history easily. of American television um you could I, i'll bet dollars to donuts patrick has it on his action list next week since he doesn't have it on his drama list this week if not i'm wrong i'm sure it was a close call for him either one but this is just dave this is
0: wow, that was really passive aggressive man like-
2: no, I meant. I now, just if kind I don't
0: of, have it on my list, like what? I'm a dick or something? Like,
2: no, I meant to say you that. Would I would never say I that to it. your face, Pat. It was a close call. If it if it doesn't show up, that's all. I won't um, mind
3: hearing the theme in three weeks from now. So that's for sure.
2: Would you guys argue that the current day product is better than the original?
0: I mean, it's a different show. It is like, like it's it's the same in name only. Really? I, like honestly? Like I know uh But, but the original the that's
2: the, of the era, one of the most infamous catchphrases in television history, though. Bookum Dano, Bookum
3: Dano, and that intro, man, I, I still remember the intro as a kid watching the hula dancers and then the eye appearing in like the glass, yep. and man, that was just like well, one of those things, like holy shit, what is going on with this and, show? And-
0: and pep Pep bands across America had a new tune to play at basketball games when that theme song, yes, came. So
3: exactly.
0: that's a very popular song to hear. It's again. just a
3: solid another one of these crime drama sort of things and and it was just a really solid show. I mean, always cool stuff happening, good mysteries, good there's some action involved as well. yeah, it's great
2: call so i'm gonna i'm gonna have a drink from this red cup. montez ford now and now
3: i'm gonna have a
2: drink now i'm gonna have a drink from this beer and now i'm ready for the fireworks that are about to appear because uh i'm not trying to run the show patrick but i believe it's dave's number four it is
0: dave's number four
2: yeah here you go
0: Wow. Let's see here. Let's, no, no, no. Let's see here. As we look at I, the agreed upon rules of the show.
3: I
2: never agreed to these rules. <laughs> Clearly you did not. <laughs> uh, I just want to, uh, like, I don't know. I'm going to throw someone else under the bus that normally gets booed. And uh, I, I, I was messaging that person saying, I don't know. I didn't agree, but, the, maybe this might not be the best choice, but then someone else has it, but Ray had Dallas number one. Um, personally, I was saving it for the 80s as my number one drama, but it's, it's you Yes, know.
0: as a show that went from two years in the 70s. 70s 78 to 91. Most, and its most famous storyline that dominated America Like 1980. Was in the 80s. Like nineteen eighty. What? is that nineteen seventy eight? everything le-
3: everything leading to is that, that moment was in the seven was in seventy nine though. I mean, yeah, I get no, it. if you're going if, by if the number of
0: episodes rules like uh, town is up. <laughs> you Know what? Uh, you know, state your case. You've, you've...
2: I think you named this pot. Uh, I think you named this Skype call wrong. It should have been Patrick. I, did. Ru- I Patrick two. It should have. frustrated again should have been number two.
3: No, I, I get, get look, it. That who shot who shot Jr. was the biggest story in like nineteen eighty, but. No, not Bonanza, but everything. Ray had smoking Bonanza on his list. Did he really? Are you fucking kidding me? Come on, you no, can't. There were four, and five. Wow. All right, you can't have that. That's just somebody who didn't right. see anything in oh, the seventies. Hold 70s. on,
0: hold on. Uh, a moment of silence. A moment of silence. I, we got to
1: do this. <laughs> uh... Shit.
2: I, I don't know if you want to do it at the same time to create an even larger effect, but he also had Lassie on his list. <laughs> Lassie was number two? Uh, Lassie, was, uh, Lassie was seven, Gunsmoke was five, and Bonanza was four. Uh.
0: Now I know why Ray wasn't on the show today. Ray didn't have other shit to do. He knew what was coming. And he'd been on this program. That's what we know now. All I will say
3: about Dallas is, yes, I recognize who shot Jr. and how big. I mean, the biggest uh, shit, that was the biggest mystery of 1980. But still, the show got its momentum from those two years in the 70s where you got the introduction of Larry Hagman, Victoria Principal, Michael Duffy. Um, coming in as Bobby. And, and yeah, I mean, the eight, and I can't, you look at the shit show that they did in the 80s after Who Shot JR the whole fucking dream season? Come on, man. I understand more episodes are in the 80s, but if you look at the more iconic stuff, take away Who Shot JR. The entire
0: decade, dude! The entire uh, decade! No. Of
1: the 80s. I, I
3: I think I think it was more influential as far as like a, a show like that getting a foothold in the 70s. At the trail end of the 70s, I recognize, but hey. yeah, it's... It for me, I I recognize it, but for me, I always got into Dallas like the whole mystery, like who should, who's this Jr. What a prick this guy is, Larry Hagman. What whatever decade you want to put this in, Larry Hagman's performances, Jr. Ewing, is one of those transcendent things. And you look at he's on I Dream a Genie. I know we'll talk about that at some point. You know, you compare him in that show to to Jr. Ewing. It's like this guy's got some range to him. So I. You can, you can object all you want, but like you said, it's our list. So you can boo me again, Pat. I,
1: I, I'll take it.
4: Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. What's your That's number? That's okay. What's your hey, number four?
0: Thank God raised not on this show. We'd be wearing oh, out yeah. that booing.
3: At least I didn't Dude. have Bonanza on here. But um, yeah. That's, Lassie, or Gunsmoke. Lassie, or Gunsmoke. The hallmark of,
0: right. The Hallmark uh, of Family TV. Am I good to go on my number four, honey? What I find truly disappointing is that you chose Dallas over Kojak. Like... How the fuck do you choose Dallas over Kojak? Who loves you, baby? Telly Savalas. Working that Tootsie Pop. Cool, suave detective. In New York. In New York. We left the, COVID, we left the West Coast. Because you didn't know crime dramas there over there. So hey, like, I thought I, maybe I, on the East Coast. He was an honorable mention for sure. He should have been in place of Dallas. That's what he should have been. Right. Honorable mention. I, Just criminal. I, cool, stubborn, tenacious in his investigation of crimes. He was cynical. He was dark. He would bend the rules if it brought criminals to justice. Another five-year long-standing crime drama that played regularly in the 70s. And only the 70s. No bleed. No two years and an entire decade in the 80s. 70s. Kojak. Crime fighter extraordinaire.
2: Very, pop- very popular. Very popular. Very popular. popular. Hey, can I just say, though, uh, man... Shout out to Banachek. Never got mentioned here. I Maybe thought about Banachek. Oh, I thought yeah. about Banachek. Just for the exclamation point in the in the title, you know, alone.
0: I mean, how many Polish-American, you know, insurance investigators are there out there? I,
2: more than you think, I bet. A lot of them I named Jabotsky.
0: So. Barely. Okay. So that was my number four. Is my number three safe, or do I have to wait on that one?
2: I, well, I mean...
0: Wow. So, one, Dave, you talked about
2: Little House on the Prairie. I just assume he had it number five. What I number did five. not. I didn't leave this one off. Pile. I don't. I don't have it on this list. I am um, David it family. I'm going to kind of redefine a, a certain genre. We're going to do at some point.
0: All right. If you're going to do that, then I'm going to preemptively do this.
2: We just we
0: just all make up our own
2: rules now. Altons are a family, are they not?
0: No, I I, I, I would allow it. Yes. Um, but they were I, I, man. They loved that. They loved their historical dramas back in the '70s. Man, like these period pieces. You know this one again. This one not as far back as Little House on the Prairie. This is the nineteen what forties, thirties, something like that. Back 40s, in like fifties. Yeah, because Harry Harry Truman and FDR are um, are like president during the time. You know, kind of the Great Depression, World War Two. night, John Boy. Like that whole deal. But again, family. This is a family out in uh, Virginia is where this takes place. Um, it starts during the Great Depression and and it was based on a book called Spencer's Mountain Uh, and a film of the same name and it ran for nine years 1972 to 1981 see how it's two years in the 80s Dave and it's not going to end up on my 80s podcast because it's in the 70s Uh, I'm just just saying keep bringing it back I love how you've got the I don't give a fuck that face like literally that's your face right now like you, two shits about your opinions right now um and, and yeah, just another one of those like family trying to make it in uncertain times. Honey, 2 whatever it is oh, I know. Now I know there. how
2: rain feels when Chris and I used to fight on three-man weave.
0: We're not even really fighting, I'm just berating it.
2: Yeah, There's there no were, fighting were, going compared on. To what,
3: it, compared to you oh, and Platt, this is really oh, mild.
2: Oh yeah, well, that's a true story actually. So, and it
0: would... It would spawn numerous like spin-offs and T V movies later on after the show. It uh it was another one of those that like dominated family programming when um in its heyday, like two hundred and twenty one episodes, nine seasons. Just and, and who famous can- famous uh composer Jack-, Jack Goldsmith.
2: Hugely, hugely iconic. I can remember my dad and and his younger sisters, my aunts, talking about this show all the time.
0: And who
3: can forget the yeah. end end of the show? Good night to everybody. Good night, John Boy. And that's how you always. Good
2: night, John Boy. Yeah.
3: That's how it always yeah. ended.
2: Yeah, yeah. Good night, Dave. Good night, Patrick. Good
3: night, Tony so. Boy.
2: Good night, Tony Boy. There you go. You got it.
1: So handle. yeah, so that handle.
3: was
0: my number.
3: That was my number three. <laughs> you get no objection from me. That's a little had bit higher it, than I, a little bit higher be. than I had it, but yeah, it's it's absolutely. Dave. Oh, my number three. Ooh. Okay. No, we, nope. must, we and must hold. Number th-
2: I, my number three is also a no go, but my number two is also Dave's number three, as we will all be giving our twos and ones, by the way. So, no need to hesitate. Music will play for you. Let me get it going. My number two is something that Ray had in the last genre, and I felt it as it was a very historical drama. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it last week pretty well um, that the significance of what was going on and just what category you'd put it into. Um, I, I, I think it belongs here. It's very much a drama and it's um a, a excellent telling of the tale of, 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 it's not necessarily a tale, but the history of uh, the, the dark history of this country. So, Dave, I mean, you were around. When this was happening on television, this was huge.
3: Yeah, it was my number three. Uh, I, you know, I I think Ray explained it really well last week and and his perspective on It's obviously different than a couple of white guys talking about it. But yeah, it was it was massive. It was massive in the as far like we said last week, as far as an event, a transcendent event of the 70s. I I mean, you know, I I look at like two major like TV movies uh, that took place that were like just you know, paradigm shifts roots in the seventies, the day after in the eighties. And when we get to the eighties project, that movie was like terrifying, but um, yeah, you can't say enough about roots and just introducing great acting. And like you said, Tony introducing America to like an aspect of its history that probably wasn't explored enough uh, and kind of made, you know, a lot of white people look at this and be embarrassed about how we treated and, and just, you know, were terrible to an entire race of individuals. So yeah, it's historically massive. And I I agree. I I I understand why Ray put it where he did, but it was a drama
2: to me though. To me, the the, the only thing I really want to say about this to, to give it significance and the story that it's telling is we have organizations for the ethical treatment of pets and 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 animals in this country now and we treated, you know, people were treated like that throughout civilization as well. Let's not just kind of stop there, but like, you know, humans are humans. Coexisting is a real thing. And, and that comes into mind when, when you think about this. So, you know, the bigger lesson there as well, and as well as recognizing the problem, re- recognizing, recognizing the problem that sits right in front of us still today.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know that there's any more that I can add to to what you guys have said, it's like it was dominant um, as a, as a mini series and was something, you know, it's, it's shown in schools still to this day as well. So it's probably the most important piece of television that we have in our drama list and and from our miscellaneous list the week before. Uh, Excellent, excellent choices.
2: I I just want to do this uh, just to, I, I just want to give it some applause as we Uh, transition into the next show. I felt a buffer was definitely necessary um, there, but yeah. So after me comes Dave, correct? (laughs) Correct. told Patrick to Bussy belt. I hope he did Dave uh, this is your number two
1: no no
0: hold on hold on this classic television show that ran for three years in the 80s or no sorry three years in the 70s and six years in the 80s
3: it was more significant in the 70s than than it ever was that's in the not 80s. even
0: true. Oh, no, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know what? You know what? Mm. God, if you're number one, somebody, fucking God. 300 and some odd options to choose from, you go with two that dominate the 80s and not the 70s. Everybody watched The Love Boat in the 80s.
3: Everybody, Everybody was watching in the 70s. There were two shows that came on. My One and two came on back to back.
0: Whatever. Shut, in, shut the fuck up, Copher. <laughs>
3: look doctor, dr dr Stuving, so captain Stuving, doc
0: who was Doc? Captain bernie Steuben.
3: coppell played doc right wasn't that doc yeah that was doc i you know this could have been a comedy i guess you know if you're talking about it but i i couldn't put it in my they comedies. added a laugh track okay. yes. it, it did you're right it did have a laugh track i you know because comedies are so heavy in the 70s and i didn't want to leave it off completely and, and i just thought it, it was always you know some comedic elements but there was always some sort of dramatic sort of thing going on some family in crisis some somebody dealing with some sort of more involved issue than your typical sitcom was concerned and and I I always I always kind of looked at it as like a comedy drama sort of thing so um yeah I mean that iconic theme song and and just the stuff going on this cruise I kind of think it kind of made people like cruise ships a little bit more than than. and it's based on a real cruise line princess line is still going to this day so sorry, man. Sorry, not sorry. And yet you're not.
2: Yes. I'll wait. I'll wait yeah. till the eighties project to comment. On the love
3: boat?
0: So uh, comment on yes, it now. Because you no, know, Tony follows the rules. Um, gold Star for Tony Uh I am gonna preemptively boo myself on this ne- No, I'm not just kidding. Um, I'm gonna let Tony play my theme song. <laughs> That
1: saxophone
4: really really good, by the way. Gentlemen, we're about to enter the fascinating sphere of police work, the world of forensic medicine. All
0: right, there you go. So, this is the closest to controversy I come in the 70s project, as this show was eight seasons. Four seasons in the 70s, four seasons in the 80s. However, it fizzled in the 80s and was a bigger deal in the 70s. Jack Klugman playing the lead role of Jack. Oh, Sorry, not Jack Klugman. Jack Klugman playing the lead role of Jack Klugman. That wasn't what I wanted to say. It was Quincy is the name of the show. Quincy, M-E, medical examiner. He was a forensic scientist. Before there was CSI, there was Quincy. And Quincy was the shit, and the third of Mama O'Dowd's top medical dramas of the '70s, and I we still watch. Like you go to my you go to my parents' house, and there is uh, like 72 percent chance an episode of Quincy is going to be running on a television somewhere because Mama O'Dowd fucking loved Quincy, and it was a new, it was a different sort of procedural, right? It's one we're used to now when we look at things like Law & Order and, like I said, like CSI, where crimes have already happened, people are already dead, and the medical examiner, like, is the one figuring it out and solving the crime. Even twisted versions of this, like Dexter, same sort of idea, medical examiner. um, No, he's a blood pathologist in that one. It is, um, it was loaded with guest stars. It was, it was awesome. Quincy was always, like, surly and angry and, like, Borderline abusive to the people who work with, because he was always very passionate. Very passionate. But Quincy, I can watch episodes of Quincy today and still be entertained by them very, very much. And Jack Klugman is a treasure. Uh, rest his soul. That's my number two.
3: It's a good good show.
0: Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah. That brings me to my number one.
2: Oh yeah. I had to give you the 70s theme. There's so many themes, but I think...
0: There are. There's a lot.
2: Yeah, I I had them uh, six. Or no, no, I'm sorry, three. I had them three. Ray had them six. So,
0: yeah. Now, there's just one more thing I don't understand. That, like, Peter Falk as Columbo, turning around and always busting the suspect. And it was always like, he'd always just be like, there's, there's just, I just, there's one more thing I gotta know. I need you to tell me. And he would have the question and that would just fucking bust the whole thing open and you would know that he'd figured it out forever ago. And it was kind of toying with the perps. Like, I loved Columbo. And that rumply jacket, the cigarette in the hand, the cigar, uh, it got rebooted and remade and TV movies were done of this for years and years after its original run. You could find specials on ABC after it did its run on NBC. Ten years on NBC, by the way, uh, 68 to 78. And then started getting those made-for-TV movies. Fucking love Colabo. Peter Falk, you just, you gotta love Peter Falk. Terrific, terrific actor. Awesome dude. And he, my top procedural and drama of the 70s.
2: You know something's good when they take a miniseries or a TV movie and turn it into a sitcom, right? But you know something's even better when it's done being a show and they turn it into movies and miniseries. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Uh, yeah, absolutely. he, He used the way his character was in multiple generations. Like, even to his last one where he figured out The killer couldn't have done something because there was no cell reception in a certain area, right? Like, that's how far Columbo progressed, even in his last movie-slash-miniseries. He's the ultimate slow-playing detective. He lulls you into thinking he's a dumbass, and then he turns around and uses every bit of your, I don't know, overconfidence against you. It's brilliant, and Peter Falk does the job immaculately
0: the thing that was really interesting about this show is it was actually part of a rotation of other shows on NBC. So it's, um, so it's episodes were longer. They were almost the length of movies, uh, like anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, because they were part of the NBC mystery movie. Uh, and so it was part of a rotating set of programs. And, uh, that's, that's how it could get away with being so long. Uh, and then, like I said, it would then air on ABC. Was when, was who took it over right, in the late '80s, all the way up until 2003.
2: Great call, Patrick. Iconic, one of the most iconic detectives in American history, definitely television history.
0: Oh, yeah. yep, there you go. That's my that's my number one.
2: Love it. Or Dave, are you waiting for me? Well,
3: I, I just yeah, I know I know Pat's gonna get pissed off about this, but I will push back more vehemently on this one than the other one. Smile, smiles, Patrick. Smiles. Come on. The plan. The plan. All right, I'm waiting. See, I that now this one I will push back on because Hervé Vilasches wasn't even in like the last two seasons of the '80s, so that doesn't even count.
0: That's... The irony of this is that I almost I thought about Fantasy Island and then I didn't put it on my list because
3: because the bajor-
0: more time in the '80s. <sighs>
3: We need to revise this rule. This thing doesn't even rank. On Ranker's best things of the 80s, it's not even on there. But it's prominently in the 70s. So I get it chronologically. But see, yeah, when you remove Hervé Villachez from this equation for, like, two of the seasons in the 80s, it's like, well, that doesn't count. So, I, you know, from Ricardo Montoban, well before he was con, he was Mr. Rourke, man. And that white suit and I... Man, this show was just like yeah, I mean in the 70s growing up as a kid, man, this show was unreal. I I can't I, you know, I, I don't think you can call it an adventure. You certainly can't call it a family show. Um if you're going to have it on the list at all, it it's got to come in here, man, and the and the the fantasies that some of them it had a darker t- twinge to it, which is why it led to a spin-off horror movie which absolutely sucked. But uh, the show itself was man Ricardo Montalban in that white suit, and Herve Beales the part that Tunney played. The plane, the plane, I just man, it was a it was a titan of television for the latter part of the seventies. I mean, it got to the eighties, it kind of fell off badly. But um, yeah, I mean, this show was like everything to me as a kid growing
2: up. Iconic television show all time, one hundred percent. The plane, the plane, huge. The white suit, everything else. So much so that another thing that was remade from the 70s uh within the last decade, decade and a half. So can't argue that there, you know, better than I do as far as its significance. If that's the case and that main character was not there, I would maybe lean that way. But your egregences have uh, amassed this episode, sir.
3: <laughs> it was not it was not in the 80s. No one I, I don't. Well, I mean. That's just me, but I think it was, not a, it was not a show from the first. 80s.
2: I, I think if this was the only thing you had, you would be okay, but they're looking at your previous history, and well, so you didn't pay this tracker. bill on time, and you still owe the candy company $10, and, man, it's not looking good for you.
0: Like Dave, you're Dave, You're a lawyer. Dave, Dave, you're a lawyer. You know that Like when you're building a case for something, part of what you could use to build a case are prior offenses, history, of crimes in the past and you have committed multiple crimes of that 70s project in one day alone in truly trying to be for itself sir
2: in truly trying to be switzerland here though i will say in dave's defense what is a bandwagon nerds without questioning the rules
0: yeah this isn't not and you're bad and rules. at the
2: same time dave you're wrong thanks <laughs> yeah i was like, <laughs> like
0: that is that is absolutely the ultimate switzerland Tony, why don't you um you're number one so we can move on from dave's you know gross negligence um and and, you know move forward
2: i am uh supremely confident this will be on you guys's list at another point in time in this project it was raised number two I put it in the drama category because a lot of times when shit hits the fan, we use comedy to deflect and reassure ourselves that everything's going to be okay. And when you set something in the premise of war and you do have serious dramatical moments inside of that, the comedy just is kind of something that is in all honesty, if you look at it from the outside in as away from a television show is something that in all actual reality they used to get through the days. Um, speaking of mash and, and, and the, the theme song alone, if you know the history of the song and what it is, is it's very dramatic. So I, I decided to put it here and keep my comedy light. Um, you can go ahead and talk about the spinoffs and the, and the different characters that were on this show, but I, I would, I would classify it as a comedy or as a drama laced with comedy to reassure yeah. the,
0: and we talked about mash last week too like it was on aesop's list last week uh and that i mean it's a dramedy right like it's it's a dramatic comedy it deals with heavy serious issues and it really is a show that doesn't fit into one box and so i think that um that could be you know i I think that there's no real argument there it's not it's 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 not a it's not as a Flagrant a flouting of the rules as others on this podcast have perpetrated.
2: Anyway, no, I'm just, it's, it's a 70s TV show, Patrick. 100%. That, that's true. Yes.
0: I almost um, put it on my um,
2: drama list as well. And I, I do I,
0: think that, you know, we talked about.
2: I mean, you guys will have no, it on your comedy list, right?
0: Well, I don't know because we've talked about the show twice. And so part of it is that you know, we've talked about the show twice on, on the project show. Um, that I don't know that there's much more to, to say about it. Um, uh, you know, unless we really want to get into like corporal Klingers, you know, antics for radar or radar, any of that sort of stuff. But like the show itself, like, I think it was what, it was like the most watched finale. It's
2: in, probably the most the significant time, show of the race. decade, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of hard to, to sit there and, and not acknowledge it over and over and over again. Um, but I don't know. I haven't decided what I'll do with comedy. That's, you know, three shows away. So that's a little time there. Dave, did you have anything that you wanted to follow up and finish up with? I no, think
3: I cut no, you off. No, I mean, MASH was like, I, I, it, it was something that I struggled with that one. As, is it a comedy? Is it a drama? Ultimately, <laughs> was going to add it to dramas. It'll probably show up on comedies. But like you're saying, Pat, we've talked about it twice now. So it's like, if we leave it off, it's not going to be the end of the world. But I mean, I don't think anybody right, can deny and it that. It's
0: not a...
2: Right,
3: but it's if almost, you guys look
2: back so, at your own work, don't you go, that has to fit in somewhere? Like, I don't look at it, like, on well, this show. I, also, I, I understand, like, in the lower rankings, like, I maybe would, even up seven, I would say, okay, fine. But when you talk about something that's significant, you guys are going to go look back and go, I didn't have MASH on any of my fucking lists in the 70s. That's egregious. Well,
0: how about I how about I look at it this way? Um a while back, Tony and I did a five-by-five. Where we did the five best and five worst sketches in Saturday Night Live history. And we mutually agreed that you had to leave the Steve, our host, it was host. And we mutually agreed that you had to leave Steven Seagal off of the list because it was so egregious and iconic and so obvious as a top choice that you could leave it off
2: Pre-determ- because everybody knows. What's that? Predetermined caveat, though.
0: Sure. I mean, it's my show, and I make the rules, right? nah, as, as we've learned I, in this I, episode, I <laughs> I, I'm also I, I also don't think it's some like
2: Scarlet I'm going to
0: wear on myself.
2: Oh, no. I no, um, I get it, I get it. I'm just saying, at some point, you know, if you were to make your own uh, show, I would with probably have ca- I
0: probably would have s- categorized it in comedy. Absolutely,
2: like 100. Show- percent Right, the last thing I'll say is and and I no no this isn't a begrudging thing. I was just talking about the show and its its iconicness, if that's a word. This show, with, notwithstanding, it makes a list somewhere if you do this outside of the, this box.
0: Right, but because we have five people doing the show, um it shows up in different places because we we view it in different lights. So none of that is to say that Mash is in any way, shape or form not belonging on multiple categories and multiple lists. Uh, I don't think there's any argument there. Gentlemen, that'll do it for week two, uh, dramas of the 1970s. And, you know, despite Dave's best efforts, we mostly covered the seventies and, you know, kudos to us. Uh, again, you know, no Ray, uh, at Lassie, really? He had Lassie on the list.
2: Can I bring some? Yeah, he did. Can I bring a show up that that I don't think is going to make anybody's li Well, maybe it would next week. I don't know. Well, a,
0: what 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 are you thinking?
2: Non American television.
0: Oh yeah, what is it?
2: Family. Family's next, right? A a drama. Yeah, family's next. Of, a. a Kind of a sci-fi drama that could have fit in this week. Uh, I don't know necessarily if it's seventiesness was the biggest time for it, but Doctor Who?
0: Doctor Who's a tough one. Yeah, because Doctor Who I just wanted to mention I mean, that's a show that spans like it's like a Saturday Night Live at this point or sixty minutes. Like it's been Oh, Oh, excuse me it's been
2: on for a long time and it's it's lot. like it started
0: in the 60s it it took a break at one point like it was gone for a while and then came back so yeah that's i mean it's one of the iconic shows of the bbc right up there you know like i uh, i'll be interested when we get to comedies to see if uh, another bbc stalwart makes it on
1: there
2: but um and isn't that the crazy thing to look forward to the eighties as well is, and which is down the line, you know, not, not really to be worried about yet, but cable comes into play then.
0: Right. Absolutely. So there's, yeah, there's just a lot, a lot to come, a lot to come, a lot to do, a lot to see, and we'll keep covering it, but we won't cover it next week. We are two weeks off of this, that seventies project because I am gone. For the next two weeks, and the bandwagon, much to my surprise and delight, I would have sent a list, guys. I would have given you a list. It would have been fine. Uh, but you decided. It's more fun uh, if you're here to be, be pissed,
3: here. pissed off about the transgressions going on. I'm not on.
0: pissed. I'm, i I Dave, how's this? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like <laughs> I would, I would figure that someone who, I actually, you know what? I shouldn't trust the lawyer. Of course, he's going to manipulate the rules and the laws. He's looking to bend things. To make his case, I understand. But anyway, I'm going to be out for the next two, uh, and the bandwagon kindly decided to pause the project while I am gone, opening up uh, the uh, the UMass for the students that are coming back, and um, and yeah. So I don't know what Dave will have in store for you all. I'm willing to bet we'll do some catching up on some things that have been announced. Uh, I'm sure uh, you'll you'll love talking about definite dates like. Late 2023, as we were learned from Invincible. If you watch that cartoon, it's like I've been busy and stuff. Come back late 2023. Totally makes a lot of sense. Whatevs. Um, but yeah, so I, I leave it in the hands of the rest of the bandwagon to help us all. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to continue that 70s project with family programming, which we've already been told by Asop is going to be nothing but animation. That's fine. It's his list. Uh, I will not go full. uh, Family will have some other stuff on my list. I know for sure that is not animation, as I'm sure there will be for others, too. So we're going to get out of here before we do. We're going to do one trip around the bandwagon. Tell everybody where they can find you on the Chairshot Radio Network and on the socials. And this week we will start with the Rule Breaker, lawyer David Ungar.
3: Yeah, you can find me at my burner account on twitter at patrick hates the rules uh and and that sort of thing but <laughs> no. so patrick loves the rules. patrick loves the rules yeah but i I I, am I, wall. I I i just i yeah i'm i'm a rule breaker i'm a heel i need to be booed once more pat can you just boo me once more I, I, just on principle
0: no i i don't i don't i don't pander to, to all right begging. that's cool
3: but you can find me on twitter at attitude <laughs> at attitude agg. that is at attitude agg facebook.com forward slash attitude of aggression
2: mr saturday
0: night pc tony
2: what a what a week what a week i i i gotta tell you in in doing the uh the the sound and getting the list ahead of time it was really fun to know that uh patrick was gonna get pretty mad today right
4: uh first so furious
2: i got Ray's list and i was like ray you think you might want to change something and then i got dave's list and i was like well never mind um But you can follow me at PC Tunney and, uh, you know, ChairShot Radio Network, all of your favorite streaming platforms.
0: And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can also follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds on the Twitter at just how it's spelled. Nothing fancy there. You can listen to me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the ChairShot Radio Network. Monday's getting angry at Dave over rule breaking on bandwagon nerds Tuesdays talking hockey with Dave and Wednesdays talking wrestling with the Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds. Get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, follow the rules, recognize that when something takes place in the seventies, it should stay in the seventies. And if it takes place in the eighties, Belongs on the '80s project. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. It's the whole world gone crazy?
1: Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules?
4: Into love, a god. And to fear A flame Into burnt Alone What makes you think he was blind, sir? Did you see a blind man on the highway that day? Of course not.
1: You and I both know I was miles away from here when Carl died. But I do have a little medical training. You can tell by looking at him. Cast in his eyes. The way he moves. But don't take my word for it. Read a few pages of this,
4: uh, will you, Mr. Morris? Just start anywhere, would you please? Always pack a bulky sweater and some heavy underwear. Even in the spring, the mountains can get pretty cold at night. Read that, read that, that. Surely it is the most beautiful of all sports blind. He's blind. Mr. Morris. Stay. Hey. That's right, doctor. That man that you saw was blind and is blind. This is Daniel Morris. That's the man that you saw on the road Monday afternoon. This other man is his brother, David. I'm sure you can see the problem, sir. There is no way in the world that you could have assumed that this man, this witness was blind, unless, of course, you had seen this man that day. That's the only way you could have known. Thank you. You're welcome. I have an eyewitness, Dr. Gaglia. An eyewitness that will place you at the head of the Donner driveway at 5.30 Monday afternoon. But the eyewitness is not Mr. Morse. The eyewitness is you. Our guests are arriving on time to the second. They
0: always do. And you always act like it's a miracle.
4: My dear Tattoo, when each guest is paying $50,000 for a three-day stay on Fantasy Island, he or she deserves miracles. Right, boss. Radar, put a mask on. If that's my discharge, give it to me straight. I can take it.
1: I have a message. Lieutenant Colonel, Henry Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan. It spun in. There were no survivors.